It's time for the 2022-2023 NHL Preview Edition, right here on the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. Join Andy Alford, the host of All Andy Alford, as he previews the 2022-2023 NHL season. He dives into most of their teams, including the Columbus Blue Jackets, Detroit Red Wings, Pittsburgh Penguins, Colorado Avalanche, and so much more. You will also hear Andy's opinion and who he thinks will lift Lord Stanley's Cup this coming July. Follow the show on Twitter, at AllAndyAlford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlford. The 2022-2023 NHL Preview Show, this Thursday, on the Anchor Network. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford and Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Oh boy, what a travel weekend for yours truly. We'll talk about it tonight right here on a special Monday night edition of AllAndyElford. However, Bowling Green gets the huge win against Akron and starts for the first time since 2015. 1-0 1-0 in Mac play. We'll talk about their game and listen to Coach Leffler's post-game comments. Ohio State, Michigan, and Toledo find a way to get wins on Saturday, but a little bit of a shakeup in the top 25 will be coming forward. We'll also look ahead to week six in college football and hear my picks for this upcoming week and I'll hear from Coach Leffler himself from this afternoon's press conference as they get ready for a big test in front of them against Buffalo. And then we get to Sunday. And the return of the LOL Lions. And the Browns can't get the job done against Atlanta. We'll recap the games from week five and preview tonight's Monday night football game and give you our week six preview as well as my predictions as well. Jackets are getting ready to take the ice tonight in Carolina. We're getting ready and closer and closer and closer to the puck drop as a special NHL preview edition of the podcast will come on Thursday. That means no Falcon Friday. We are into the final three days of Major League Baseball. Judge hasn't hit his home run yet. He might be hitting it while we're doing this podcast tonight, right here on All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span. I'm going to get shut out. Dumbino hit to a home run. Go! That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down. Chicago Bears. Choo-choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that on this Monday night, I say, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of all Andy Alfred right here on your exclusive home for me. And that is with 
the Anchor Network, and you are listening to me tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you listen to our show, wherever, whenever, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me your time and your effort to listen to what's happening in the sports world as well as what is happening in my everyday life. And you can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. And welcome into the show tonight on this, the third day of October 2022 yes it is monday night you're not you're not missing anything monday night you're saying to yourself andy you usually do the show on tuesday well tonight we're doing the show on a monday night the monday night game tonight of course rams and four and 49ers we'll talk about that here in just a second you'll hear my my pick again for that game, and we'll also dive into the rest of the NFL from week five. And boy, oh boy, do we have a lot to talk about with the pathetic LOL Lions yet again. Blowing it, their defense blowing this game again. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the missing players in Cleveland with Miles Garrett out and losing to Atlanta. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll dive more into the baseball spectrum. As it is coming down to the wire, the final three games of the season will begin tonight at for the Tigers in Seattle. Cleveland is hosting Kansas City. The Reds are hosting the Cubs. We'll talk about all that. Also, we'll talk about Charlie Hall from the LPGA getting her win, as well as the Jackets on the ice. I'm actually watching the game right now here in the Man Cave Studios, getting ready for their game tonight as they take on the Carolina Hurricanes. In Raleigh, not a good crowd on hand, it looks like. And kind of figured it's a Monday night. It wasn't going to be that big of a crowd, but a good good effort tonight for them. Uh, big game also. i got to make mention of this off the top, top of the game. Big game tonight happening up at Little Caesars as it is the Penguins playing the Red Wings. <laughs> Both teams I <laughs> hate. But it is pretty much looking like the two teams that are playing against each other are dressing all of their starters and what they're gonna, what both teams are gonna look like at the start of the season. So that game's dropping at about seven thirty. So a lot to get into tonight. And like I said, you could always be a part of our show by following us on our Facebook page as well as our Twitter account. So we'll dive first and foremost to some uh, housekeeping. Of course, we were on the road. We didn't do a show on Friday. Uh, we will not do another show this for upcoming Friday, as it will be. We're thinking actually doing a show on Friday, but we're doing two show, three shows this week. Tonight's show, we will have a show on Thursday. That show is the NHL Preview Edition. Yes, we will have a special NHL Preview Edition for the program. It will just be yours truly giving you the show as we will break down each team, take a look at each development. You'll hear my opinion and who I think will lift Lord Stanley's Cup come this late June in July of 2023. So there's that for you guys. Housekeeping that. Falcon Friday looks like it could happen. We're, we're working on that right now. The logistics also is that we might go to the game against Buffalo on Saturday. There is talks of that, but we are most certainly definitely going to be at Saturday's home opener for the BGSU ice hockey team as they will host 
Michigan State at Slater Family Ice House. That is a for certain we will be at that game as Barstool Sports will be at that game as well. Covering that game, we will be at the game as well to cover it for you guys right here on All Andy Alford. So lots to get into. Uh, we'll also break down the trip that I took this past week. And that'll be a part of our Andy Rant tonight. But let's dive right into college football. And oh my goodness, what a game. What an absolute game for Bowling Green. Matt McDonald solidified, in my opinion, probably one of the best performances I've seen him perform in his entire career at Bowling Green. Absolutely looked really, really good. He looked very, very good as I just turned up and Chittikoff just scored a goal for the Jackets. It's one nothing. It's good to see. Anyway, digress. Big game. Bowling Green starts MAC play. They start on the road at Akron. And Akron gave a bit of a fuss early on in the season to the non-conference schedules. They got basically walked on the entire way. It's day one for Bowling Green in the Mid American Conference. You want to get to the, you want to get to Detroit. You want to get to the MAC championship game. You got to win your MAC games. The non conference schedule is done. You want one and three in non conference play. It's time to start playing real football and meaningful football to get to Detroit. And boy, howdy, did they go out and do so. Special teams really, really stepped up. Start off, though, with Mason Lawler, Lawler kicking a 29-yard field goal in the first quarter at the 441 mark of the period, and it was 3-0. But the key one here is Jalen Burton in the first quarter getting the interception and running it back for 29 yards, making it 10-0, and, and Bowling Green's out jumping early. And I was like, oh, boy. I was at, I was at my uh, sister-in-law's wedding, and I'm like, oh, boy, 10-0. I live bet that game. Don't get me wrong. I live bet that game. And then Clyde Price, Akron going down the field. Price getting the football, running it in for three yards. It's 10-7 after the first period. But then Andrew Bench, a clean pass, clean cut pass from McDonald to Andrew Bench, making it 17-7. At the 7.22 mark of the period. And I was like, oh. All right, can they hit the cover of 10 points at half? Can they hit the cover? And it hurt me. It hurt me when Clyde Price caught the pass from G.J. Irons, making it a 17-14 game. And I said, oh, God, I'm not going to hit this cover. I'm not going to hit this cover of 10 points. But they find a way, and Christian Sims hits a three-yard gets the three-yard pass from Matt McDonald. Lawler kicks it at the 115 mark of the period. 115 left to go in the period. It's 24-14. I hit my cover. I was like, yes. All right. I took Bowling Green and the money line for this game. Now in the third quarter, Alex Ann Adams gets a pass from DJ Irons. Bowling Green struggled in that period, made it 24-21. But the defense stood their ground. Defense stood their ground. And... Hillary gets an 18-yard pass from McDonald, from Lawler. It's 31-21. And I'm saying to myself, we're going to hit this. Plus eight, we're going to hit this. But then 
they found a way, the defense found a way to mess it up. And Alex Adams gets a 41-yard pass from DJ Irons. It's 31-28. And I'm saying to myself, oh, God, is this what we always fear every single time as a Bowling Green fan? Every single time. They can't finish the job. It always They always seem to find a way to just fold under pressure and they let Akron or whoever their opponent is just absolutely dominate them the rest of the way. Is that what's going to happen? No. The defense stood tall. The defense helped. The offense gets the football back. They run the clock out. And Bowling Green, for the first time since 2015, starts the Mid-American Conference play 1-0 with a 31-28 win. So roll along, my Falcons. Roll along. A great game for BG as Matt McDonald was 18 for 29 for 247 yards, three TDs, one interception, QBR rating of a 55.6. Johnson, leading rusher, 13 carries, 70 yards. Patterson, 11 carries, 66 yards. Embry, two carries, 28 yards. In the receiving core, O'Hare, four catches, 93 yards, one TD. Sims, three catches, 12 yards, one TD. Andrew Bench, one catch, three yards, one TD. Kroom, one catch, two yards. BG, good game. DJ Irons, 20 for 33, 244, three TDs, one interception. QBR, 34.4. Irons ran the football. He was the leading rusher. He had 23 carries for 105 yards. Price the third, 17 carries, 71 yards, one TD in the game. In the receiving core, Adams, four catches, 96 yards, two TDs. Price the third, Four catches, 26 yards, one TD in the game. The overall team stats look like this. Bowling Green had 21 first downs. Akron had 24. On third down, Bowling Green was 7 for 13. Akron, 11 for 17. Both teams were 0 for 2 in fourth down efficiency. Bowling Green ran the ball 175 times. They caught it 247 times for a total yards of 422 total yards. Akron had 408 total yards, 224 through the air, 184 on the ground. Bowling Green, 8 penalties, 60 yards, 8 penalties, 68 yards for Akron. Akron had three turnovers, and, and that's where the game was won for Bowling Green. Bowling Green wins the turnover battle as they recovered two fumbles and one interception, and that one interception was four back for a touchdown. Uh, McDonald threw the one interception. Bowling Green did not lead in time of possession. It was led by Akron at 30 minutes and 42 seconds. Bowling Green, 29 minutes, 18 seconds on time of possession. BG gets a huge win. Akron now falls to 1-4. Bowling Green, 2-3. We now hear from head coach Scott Leffler and his team's performance this past Saturday in Akron. A huge win to start the campaign in 2022 in MAC play. Um. Super excited to get the win. Um, I think uh, last year and uh, definitely two years ago, we wouldn't have finished. And uh, we found a way to win. It wasn't pretty. There was uh, some things that we could have done better on all three phases. And, uh, but we found a way to get a win, and that's all that matters. Um, in this league, it's a mindset league. I believe Ball State beat uh, Northern. doesn't matter in this league. you got to come. you got to bring it. Um, I thought we did a great job with the turnover battle in terms of I thought Matt protected the ball really well. 
And, uh, you know, that was the key to this game was uh, the turnover battle. So I'd like to see uh, us uh, improve on special teams, that kickoff return. Um, it was missed tackles. And then, um, you know, our third and third and 11, 11 plus defense has gotten us into some trouble. I mean, there's been explosion plays on third and 18, third and 25 that we need to clean up. And then offensively, I didn't think we caught the ball the way that we've been catching the ball. There were some opportunities to uh, to really pull away in this game. And uh, so that's where we need to improve. We need to find ways to, uh, to end games, uh, not make this thing uh, let my heart rest, you know, so. <laughs> but uh, um, overall, I don't think we've won a MAC opener since 2015. So, headway, headway, positive headway. Can you talk about how big those three takeaways were for your defense? Yeah, I thought uh, I thought uh, the sacking the quarterback and the turnovers were absolutely critical. And then uh, I thought Matt, you know, made a good read to CJ and it got tipped. And uh, I thought Matt played one of his better games. I really did. It was very mature. Last year he would have pulled the zone read and. It was just, he really played discipline. So I'm really, really happy with his performance. Did you feel like the rushing attack was where you wanted it to be too? Better. You know, it's still not, you know, it's still not where we wanted. And there's reasons for that. Um, there was a guy that, you know, can make a few guys miss and all that. But I think, you know, our backs are doing a great job. They're doing a great job. So. Just how important was that beginning of that fourth quarter, that, that opening drive? You get a touchdown there. Just how huge was that when it, when it came to well, it's mindset. You know, we didn't get the ball. We had a great game plan to get the ball to OJ in the first half, and it just didn't, you know, they changed up some looks, didn't give us those opportunities. He didn't go into the tank. We had a huge third down conversion that we hit on a slant that he has an explosion play. Um, then they played 11 up heat, max, uh, max blitz, and uh, it's, it's pretty good whenever he's one-on-one -on -one with no post safety. So uh, the line did a great job on the protection. OJ spun him like a top, and that was dead accurate. Carl moving into fifth in BG history in sacks. What is his impact on that defensive line? No, he's a stud. All of them are. Our D-line is good. And uh, we need to clean some stuff up on all three phases, though. Uh, we really do. Uh, but the thing I'm happy with is uh, this team last year, and this team definitely uh, two years ago, would have let this slip right out of their hands. And they, they found a way to win. Uh, I don't care um, how you win. Winning on the road is hard. It was There were some things that were ugly. Um, but we're going to learn from this. We're going to get ready to go play a really good Buffalo team at home and a really good Miami team. So we got our work cut out for us. We need to stay healthy um, and uh, have a great week of practice and get ready to go for uh, Buffalo. First game back, how are you feeling? I feel great. It doesn't matter. <laughs> no matter if I feel like crap or not, but <laughs> it's irrelevant. You mentioned the turnover battle specifically. How much growth did you see from your team in those moments? Yeah, I think we did a much better job. Uh, we lost uh, over the last three years. It's been 11 and two turnover ratio, um, and we just haven't protected the ball worth a damn. And uh, we beat Akron because we protected the ball. Got a lot of cleanup work to do, and just like I said, in all three phases, which we will. And uh, I think our kids will be uh, really fired up to play a really good Buffalo team. I was going to say, to be able to just start that play, 1-0, and, and kind of 
have that those good vibes. What does that do for the, what kind of what does that do for their confidence? Hey, this 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 league, I've I've watched it long enough. Uh, it doesn't matter who you're playing. It doesn't matter your record. It doesn't matter how much you're favored by. That's irrelevant. Uh, it is all about performance on game day, finding a way to win. Anyone can beat anyone at any time, and it's mindset. This is a mindset locker room league. It really is. It's it's all mindset. It's uh, the locker room staying together and not getting the disease of me and all that baloney going. And um, so yeah, so you know, it's it's a battle every week. So you just heard Scott Leffler's post-game comments after the big win. He was very, very pleased at, at some of the positives he could take out of this game. Of course, he's now moving on to the next opponent for Bowling Green, and it is a huge opponent in Buffalo. And we'll hear from the coach from his presser earlier this afternoon in just a little bit. But let's recap the rest of Week 5 in the college football spectrum. And we'll start first and foremost with some of the local teams, and we'll start with Ohio State. A huge win for the Buckeyes as they routed Rutgers by a score of 49-10 to in the game. And it was a pretty much a route for them as it was C.J. Strom, 13 for 22 for 154 yards, two TDs, one interceptions, QBR rating of a 78. McCord came in, two for three for seven yards, QBR 18.7, but it was... Marvin Harrison Jr. with one carry for 14 yards. It was Williams with the running carrier carries five TDs in the game for him. He carried the football 21 times for 189 yards. His longest was 70 yards. Uh, Junga four catches, 70 yards. Fleming four catches, 51 yards, one TD. Marvin Harrison Jr. three catches, 18 yards, one TD for the Buckeyes. For the Buckeyes in the game for Rutgers. They had 12 first downs to Ohio State's 26. Rutgers was 1 for 11 in third down. Ohio State 5 for 10. Ohio State perfect 2 for 2 in fourth down. Rutgers 0 for 2. Ohio State had 413 total yards of offense. Rutgers 187 of that 187, 80 through the air, 107 on the ground. Ohio State 252 through the air, 161 on the ground. Ohio State had six penalties for 41 yards. Rutgers... 10 penalties, 61 yards in total. Uh, Rutgers, uh, Rutgers Knights, 33 minutes and 5 seconds of possessions. Ohio State, 26 minutes, 55 seconds. Ohio State now improves to 5-0 with a 49-10 win over the Rutgers uh, Scarlet Knights. The primetime game, not the primetime game, but the big noon Saturday game was 4th ranked Michigan traveling over to Iowa City to take on the Hawkeyes. And it was Crom and McCarthy leading fourth-ranked Michigan to a huge win over Iowa, 27-14. For J.J. McCarthy, he was 18 for 24 for 155 yards, one TD, no interceptions, QBR rating of a 78.8. Crom, 29 carries, 133 yards, one TD. Bell, two carries, 26 yards, one TD as well. It was Schoonmaker with four catches, 45 yards. Anthony with one catch, 29 yards. And Edwards, four catches, 21 yards with one TD in the game. For Michigan in the game, they had 24 first downs to Iowa's 16. Both teams, four for 11 on third down. Michigan, one for one on fourth down. Iowa, 0 for 2. Michigan had 327 total yards of offense, 155 through the air, 172 on the ground. Iowa had 281 total yards of offense, 246 through the air. 
Only 35 yards on the ground. Unbelievable. Five penalties, 59 yards for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Five penalties, 50 yards for the Michigan Wolverines. Time of the possession went towards Michigan at 33 minutes and 44 seconds. Iowa, 26 minutes and 16 seconds. As Michigan now improves to 5-0. and They are fourth ranked at this time of the poll. Iowa now falls to 3-2 and overall in conference play. Michigan State fell to Maryland 27-13. to I'm not going to break that game down for you because that was absolutely embarrassing to see. Uh, and the other game, of course, of course, Notre Dame was on a bye this past week. But it was the University of Toledo had their homecoming game over at the Glass Bowl. And the Rockets getting a big 38-17 win over the Central Michigan Chippewas in the game. It was Quan Finn, 13 for 23, not struggling. With 186 yards of total offense, two TDs, QBR rating of 51.8. It was Jaron Stewart, 16 carries, 122 yards, one TD. Kelly, 18 carries, 64 yards, one TD. And Zatos with one TD. He didn't. He just basically tucked and won that football in. It was Lachine, five catches, 106 yards, one TD. Maddox, one catch, 12 yards in the game on Saturday. For the Rockets, they had 21 first downs. To Central Michigan's 14, Toledo was 11 for 20 on third down. Central Michigan, 7 for 19. Central Michigan was 3 for 5 on fourth down. Toledo did not attempt a fourth down play, but they had 447 yards of total offense, 261 through the air, 186 on the ground. For Central Michigan, they had 285 yards of total offense, 252 through the air, only 33 yards on the ground. It's going to be a problem when Bowling Green plays. Against Toledo. That offensive line is strong. 10 penalties, 65 yards for the Rockets. 11 penalties, 105 yards for the Central Michigan Chippewas. But Mich- Central Michigan really shot themselves in the foot in the turnover battle. They had three fumbles in the game and that had three turnovers. Toledo only turned the football over once. And uh, they also led in time of possession 33, 32 minutes and 37 seconds to Central Michigan's 27 minutes and 13 seconds. So Toledo, a big win. They now go to three and two overall. The loss now sends to Central Michigan one and four in play so far. With that all set in mind, let's take a look at the rest of the top 25 in week five of the college football spectrum. Let's take a look at week five of the college football spectrum. And it started with Thursday evening as 19th ranked BYU played host to Utah State and BYU. The Cougars getting a big 38 to 26 win over Utah State on Friday in the top 25. 15th ranked, the Washington Huskies traveled to UCLA, the Rose Bowl, the Battle of the Bruins, and the Bruins getting the better of the Huskies, upsetting 15th ranked Washington by a score of 40-32. to 14th ranked Ole Miss welcomed in 7th ranked Kentucky, and the Wildcats are brought back to reality as Ole Miss gets a big 22-19 win, sealing their fate. As Ole Miss was 14th ranked, Kentucky was 7th ranked. 18th ranked, Oklahoma went into Horn Frog Country at TCU. And TCU was not very pleased as it was Oklahoma falling to TCU in an upset, 55-24. Kansas State welcomed in Texas Tech. And Texas Tech putting up a show. But Kansas State getting the job done with a 37-28 win over the Red Raiders. 12th ranked, Utah took on the Beavers of Oregon State and the Utes. Got the job done over the Beavers, 42-16. Second rank, Alabama, or the Crimson Tide, headed down to Arkansas to battle the 
Arkansas Razorbacks and the Bacon Bits are back as Alabama getting a big 49-26 win over the Arkansas Razorbacks as Alabama was second ranked in the country, Arkansas 20th ranked. Ninth ranked Oklahoma State traveled to Norman to battle the Baylor Bears and the Baylor Bears fell apart by a score of 36-25 over the Oklahoma State. Over Oklahoma State. 22nd ranked Wake Forest led by Dave Clawson, went down to Seminole Country to take on Florida State. And the Seminoles fall to Wake Forest by a score of 31-21. to Mississippi State, Brandon Walker's Mississippi State, took on the 17th-ranked Texas A&M Aggies. And the Aggies are in a tailspin, my friends. As Mississippi State gets a huge 42-24 win over 17th-ranked Texas A&M. Unbelievable. The big story, though, was this game. As number one ranked Georgia went into Missouri and they played 45 minutes of strong football. I'm talking about Missouri played 45 minutes of strong football. But Georgia, in the end, gets the huge win, 26-22, over the Missouri Tigers. As it was the Saturday night primetime game, as 10th ranked NC State traveled to Clemson to battle the Clemson Tigers and the Tigers getting a huge 30-20 win over the NC State Wolfpack in that affair. Georgia Tech headed into Pittsburgh to battle the Pitt Panthers and the Pitt Panthers fall to the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets 26-21 in their affair. And then late night, Pac-10 games. Of course, Arizona State led by the non-coach of Herm Edwards took on the 6th-ranked USC Trojans and then the Trojans Speared on the Sun Devils by a score of 42-25. to The Oregon Ducks traveled at home against Stanford, getting the big 45-27 to win over the Stanford Cardinals. You look at the Big Ten games in this past, past week, of course. Like I mentioned before, Ohio State a big 49-10 to win over Rutgers. Michigan a 27-14 win over Iowa. Maryland beats on Michigan State 27-13. It was Penn State getting their huge win. Over Northwestern, struggling, but they get the win. 11th-ranked Penn State to win 17-7 over the Northwestern Wildcats. Illinois, led by Brett Bielema, went into Wisconsin. Take on his former team, the Badgers, and the fighting Illini, led by, by Brett Bielema. And Colonel Henry Blake would be proud of his Illini with a 34-10 win over the Wisconsin Badgers. 21st-ranked Minnesota. Led by P.J. Fleck. Took on the Purdue Boilermakers. And the Boilermakers go choo-choo and run down the boat. With a big 20-10 win beating the Golden Gophers. And Nebraska getting a big 35-20 win over Indiana. Getting their ship back on the right, on the right path. Then we get it into the Mid-America Conference play, of course. Uh, other than the Bowling Green's huge win over Akron, 31-28, and Toledo's 38-17 win over Central Michigan. Eastern Michigan, a big 20-13 win over UMass. It was Ball State getting back the cornstalk with a big 44-38 win in two overtimes over the Northern Illinois Huskies. It was Ohio falling to Kent State in overtime by a score of 31-24. Buffalo, who Bowling Green will play next with a big win over Miami, Ohio, 24-20. Western Michigan hosted New Hampshire University, and that was a 44-7 win over the 
Western for the Western Michigan Broncos. With that all set in mind, let's take a look at the rest of the top 25 rankings that was released this past week. Number one is Alabama at the number one spot. Georgia now falls one spot to number two. Ohio State stays at three. Michigan stays at four. Clemson at five. USC at six. Moving up two spots is Oklahoma State. Tennessee stays at eight. Mississippi, Ole Miss goes to nine. Moving up five spots. Penn State moves up one spot to ten. Utah to 11, Oregon to 12. All teams moved up one spot. Moving six spots is the 13th ranked Kentucky Wildcats. Moving four spots is the NC State Wolfpack at 14. Kentucky at 13, NC State at 14. Wake Forest moves seven spots to 15. BYU moves to 16th at four and one. With, they move up three spots. Teams that were not ranked are now in the top 25. 17th ranked TCU, 18th ranked UCLA, and 19th ranked Kansas. Moving up five spots is the 20, to the 20th spot is Kansas State University. Falling six spots is the Washington Huskies at 4-1. and one. They're now 21 ranked in the country. And other teams that were not ranked, of course, round out the top 25. 22nd ranked Syracuse at 5-0. and oh. Mississippi State at 23rd. Cincinnati at 24. And LSU is 25th in the country. My picks overall from this past week, I went 17 and 12 in my college football picks. So with that all set in mind, let's take a look at week six in the college football spectrum right here on all Andy Alfred. And let's take a look at week six card for you guys. So we'll start on Saturday in the top 25 as eighth ranked Tennessee travels to 25th ranked LSU for our noon kick on ESPN. Tennessee, a two and a half point favorite in this game. I'm actually going to take Tennessee in this game to beat LSU. 17th ranked TCU travels to Kansas. 19th ranked noon kick on FS1. Kansas going to have game day on hand. I think they get the win in this one. TCU is seven point favorite, but I think the Jayhawks get the win. And they prove now the 6-0. and Arkansas, not ranked, will go able to Mississippi State, who's 23rd ranked in the country. Mississippi State, an eight point favorite. A noon kick for that one, Mississippi State. In that game, 24th ranked Cincinnati hosts South Florida. 230 kick on ESPN Plus. Cincinnati, a 28 point favorite in that game. I'm taking Cincinnati in that game. 330 kick, we'll see the Auburn Tigers, 3 and 2 overall, taking on the second ranked now Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia, 29 and a half point favorites in that game. I am taking the Georgia Bulldogs in that affair. It will be uh, Texas Tech, 3 and 2 overall, traveling to Oklahoma. To take on the Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, a nine and a half point favorite, three thirty kick. I'm taking Oklahoma State in that game. Oklahoma State in that game. Eleventh uh, ranked Utah travels to the Rose Bowl to battle the UCLA Bruins. Three thirty kick on that affair. Utah four and a half point favorite. I'm actually going to take the Bruins to beat the Utah Utah in that affair. Ninth ranked Ole Miss. Goes down to Vanderbilt. Four o'clock kick. Ole Miss, a 18.5 point favorite in that one. I'm taking Ole Miss. 21st ranked Washington. 4 and 1 overall takes on Arizona State. Arizona State, 1 and 4. Washington, a 13.5 point favorite. I'm taking the Huskies to bounce back. Fifth ranked Clemson. Travels to Boston College to take on the Eagles. Clemson, 20.5 point favorite. 730 kick that game, a primetime game on ABC. I am taking the Clemson Tigers in that affair. Washington State travels to the 
to the Coliseum to take on the sixth-ranked USC Trojans. 7.30 kick on Fox. I am taking USC in that game. 7.30 kick. It will be the 13th-ranked Kentucky Wildcats taking on the Gamecocks at home. Uh, Kentucky, 10.5-point favorites in this game. I'm taking Kentucky in that game. Wake Forest, 4-1 overall, led by Dave Clawson with Battle of the Army. ESPN 3, Wake Forest, 17-point favorite in that game. I'll take Wake Forest. The big one, of course, 16th-ranked BYU will go and play in Las Vegas. It's the Shamrock Classic. It will be BYU taking on Notre Dame. Notre Dame coming off the bye. Notre Dame a three and a half point favorite. Seven thirty kick on NBC. I'm taking Notre Dame in that game. Iowa State three and two overall will host twentieth ranked Kansas State. Seven thirty kick Kansas State a two point favorite in that game. I'm taking Matt Campbell and the Iowa State Cyclones in that affair. Eight o'clock on CBS. It will be the Aggies at Texas A&M, not ranked three and two overall, taking on. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide! Bama. Alabama, 24-point favor in that game. I'm taking Alabama. Pretty simple on that one. Florida State will travel to NC State. Both teams 4-1. NC State, a 3.5-point favorite in this game. 8 o'clock kick on the ACC Network. I am taking Florida State to beat the Wolfpack. Giving the Wolfpack their second loss. And 12th-ranked Oregon will travel to Arizona to battle the Wildcats. 9 o'clock kick on the Pac-12 Network. Oregon, a 13-point favorite. I am taking Oregon in that quack, quack, quack. Take a look at week 6 in the Big Ten slate. It will start Friday night as Rutgers hosts Nebraska. 7 o'clock kick on FS1. Nebraska, a 3-point favorite. I'm taking Rutgers in that affair. Maryland, 4-1 overall on the Saturday slate. will face Purdue. Noon kick on Big Ten Network. Maryland, 3-point favorite in the game. I am taking Maryland in that, that affair. Uh, Northwestern, 1-4 overall, takes on Wisconsin. Wisconsin has fired their head coach, by the way. I forgot to make mention of that. They have fired their head coach. 3.30 kick on the Big Ten Network. Wisconsin, a 10-point favorite, but I'm going to take the Northwestern Wildcats in that affair. Iowa, 3-2 and two overall with the loss against Michigan this past week. will go to Illinois to battle the Fighting Illini. Illini, three-and-a-half-point favorite in that affair. I am taking the Illini in that affair, which sets up the two local teams. Fourth-ranked Michigan travels to Indiana to Blooming, Bloomingville, Bloomingdale to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Bloomington, Illinois, my apologies. Michigan, 5-0. and Indiana, 3-2. and Michigan, a 22-point favorite. Noon kick on Fox. Taking Michigan. Pretty simple. And then at 4 o'clock on ABC, third-ranked Ohio State travels to East Lansing to battle Michigan State. Ohio State, the 25-and-a-half-point favorite, the first road game for Ohio State. Look at their first road win. I have Ohio State beating Michigan State, which then sets up this. Mid-American Conference play for Week 6. It will start on Saturday afternoon. Noon kick on CBS Sports Network as Eastern Michigan 3-2 and two overall takes on Western Michigan, who is 2-3. and three. Western Michigan a 5-point favorite. I'm actually going to take the Eagles of Eastern Michigan to beat Western Michigan. 2 o'clock kick sees Akron 1-4 overall taking on Ohio, who is 2-3. and three. In 2-3, conf- and three. Ohio 11.5-point favorite. 
I am taking Ohio. 3.30 kick on ESPN Plus. Ball State, 2-3, and three, takes on Central Michigan. Who is 1-4? Central Michigan, an 8.5-point favorite. I'm taking Ball State. Miami of Ohio, 2-3 and three overall. Battles Kent State, who's 2-3 and three overall. Kent State, 6-point favorite. I'm taking the Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio. And then this sets up this. We'll set up the first game for you guys right now. It will be a 3.30 kick on ESPN Plus as Northern Illinois who is 1-4 overall, will host the University of Toledo Rockets, who are 3-2 overall. Toledo, a 5.5-point favorite in the game. I'm going to take the University of Toledo, unfortunately, in this game. And now, to give you who I think is going to pick, who I think is going to win on Saturday's game, as Bowling Green, the University of Bowling Green, State University, University of Bowling Green. <laughs> Bowling Green State University, my friends. That's how they always say it. BGSU. Noon kick. Hosts Buffalo. A big game. Both teams 2-3 and three overall. Could set the tone for the rest of the division. Let's hear from Coach Leffler first. Before you hear my pick. Right here on All the Alfred. Good afternoon. Thank you for coming. I'd like to uh, start by um, giving our prayers and our best wishes to uh, Kerm Stroh and his family. Um, Kerm has been an unbelievable supporter of Bowling Green, a great friend, um, unbelievable family. He's a uh, truly a Bowling Green guy. And uh, I apologize for uh, uh, not doing this sooner. It's been a whirlwind. And uh, I looked down at uh, my desk and I saw a note from Kerm about three weeks ago. And uh, it uh, hit me and uh, I haven't said anything public, but I wanted to wish uh, him, his, him and his family and we're going to pray for him from our football program. And just like I said, he's been an unbelievable uh, supporter of our program and a dear friend. So um, just like I said, I apologize for not doing this sooner, um, but um, we wanted to make sure that uh, um, we do this thing the right way with that family. That's an unbelievable family. That being said, uh, any questions? You mentioned this league and this locker room and this, you know, mindset. How would you kind of describe the mindset of your team coming on Saturday? Well, if you're not locked in for this one, uh, um, you don't have any red blood in your in your body, I and mean, this is uh, this is going to be a heck of a game. I mean, this is the first time in a while that uh, it's a Mid American Conference game that's relevant for us. And uh, what I told our team is, uh, this is Super Bowl number two. Um, everything's going to matter. Our preparation's got to be elite. I think Buffalo is better. I think we're better. And I think it's going to be a heck of a football game. And uh, it's going to be the team that's locked in and focused the most. Uh, we're finally in a position I've been telling our players for the last four years that whenever you're in big football games and ones that matter, it generally comes down to two or three plays. And I think this is, will be one that will come down to two or three plays. Um, I think uh, Moe's done a great job with their team. They've built the defensive front uh, the way it's supposed to be built. 
think their back end is excellent. I think uh, Cole Snyder is playing good football right now. We recruited him. He's a good kid, and he's got uh, some wide receivers that are that are excellent. I thought I think their offensive line is uh, beyond good enough in this league, and uh, they've got running backs. So it's going to be a great matchup. I think it's a, an even matchup, and uh, it's going to be the team that takes care of the ball the best it's going to be the team that makes the less mistakes the team that handles the no talent issues and uh, it's going to come down to one or two big plays i know it's only week two but you mentioned obviously this being a relevant relevant game relevant relevant <laughs> words relative game for you guys a relevant game rather um but obviously these guys haven't been in this position before obviously it was the first mac opener win since 2015 how are you seeing these guys kind of approach this game this week, knowing that you know they started back one to zero? Yeah, we've been building the mindset of um, what this uh, eight-week, seven-week stretch is going to be, and uh, we're going to take one at a time. And uh, we knew that uh, we had to get by Akron, and after watching the tape, I felt uh, uh, very uh, almost the same as I did after the game. We let a lot of opportunities slip by, uh, but I truly honestly believe last year's team and the one prior to that we would have found a way to lose and we found a way to win this time and that's a it's huge for our football team and um, you know this week they know that they're walking into a really good opponent and I think they'll be laser focused I think they'll practice their tails off I think Buffalo will do the same I really do I think it's going to be a really good uh football game in the Doit, and I would, I'm hoping that all, all the students, all the faculty, all the um, members of our community come to this game because it's going to be a, a really good football game. I, I did want to ask, because you did mention that on Saturday, that you know you felt you know years past that you guys would have lost that game, but this team found a way to win. Is that just a testament to this bond that this team has? Or? We're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a um, little bit more focused, so... Um, I think we really learned our lessons when we've been down 14. I've always said a good football team always finds a way to be down 14 and find a way to win, and we did that against Marshall. So um, we got to play really well in this game, plain and simple. I mean, there's no no secrets about it. You know, we got to protect the ball, we got to block really well, we got to tackle, and find a way to make one more play than them. Well, we knew that, uh, I've said it from the get-go, even whenever things were bad in terms of not being able, I think we've thrown more touchdown passes in three or four games than we have in last year, I want to say. But uh, Matt's a good player, and uh, Matt went through a really difficult situation in regards to we didn't have anyone to protect him, we didn't have anyone to throw to him, and uh, or for him to throw to and uh, you know he went through a, a learning curve that's really really difficult established some bad habits through trying to uh, make a play because uh, um, we were we lacked some playmaker ability and we lacked some protection ability and uh, now we finally have got the line much better uh, the running backs are running well and uh, we've got receivers that can catch the football. And uh, I've said it from the beginning, it's nice when 
you can throw a slant and the slant goes for 40 yards. So we finally have got uh, some pieces of the puzzle that we're missing. And we're going to need every single piece of the puzzle this week to, uh, to find a way to win this game. Everyone's got to play their best football, in my opinion. It's in the notes, but Matt, over his last 10 games, has uh, over 2,000 passing yards and then 20 touchdowns and two interceptions. Do you think the team wasn't as locked in as you'd hoped they would be <clears throat> that Akron game? And do you think that the team has learned something from that that they can apply to Buffalo? Well, I think, uh, you know, I've said this to our staff, and um, I think it's a difficult um, – I think it's difficult in today's world to, regardless what I say, what our coaches say, um, there's a cell phone right next to you. And, uh, you know, they're reading what everyone else is saying and all that other stuff. And I think, uh, you know, just like Coach Saban says, there's some poison out there. And uh, regardless, you know, what we say and how we want our attention to detail to be and for any opponent, I think that when – when you're playing someone that's not as good as a Buffalo team, a Marshall team, I think your kids read it, and, and it's just not at Bowling Green. My goodness gracious, look at the Georgia. Look at Kent State and Georgia. Look at Missouri and Georgia. You know, For me to sit here and say that I thought that Missouri would take Georgia down to the final quarter, no way. And I think their kids probably believe that too. You know, it's it's human nature right now because of the technology. It's human nature because of the phone. Um, so we're really trying to preach to our kids, just like any coaching staff's trying to preach right now, is to stay away from that. You know, listen to what's being said in this building, be locked into what we're doing in this building, and, you know, stay away from the noise if it's bad or if it's good. So, but to answer your question... You know, I, I, I don't think our attention to detail was as good as we wished last week, and I don't think the, the intent was bad. I just think that we're fighting it at times an uphill battle because of social media and everything else. So I don't think that'll be a problem this week, though. Talk about getting off the field after last week's game, too, Coach, especially when you got the other team behind the sticks. Uh, what is it going to take for this defense to be able to get, to get off the field on third down? Yeah, they got to get off the field on third down. Um, you know, we're, we're doing some such good things on defense. We're sacking the quarterback. Um, the run, run yardage isn't bad right now whatsoever. And uh, it's those third and 18s and third and 17s and third and 15s that statistically, you know, that's a 16% chance of occurring. And we got to get that down to it is only 16%. And it, uh, the third and long defense, we're, we're working on hard. We'll get it fixed. Eric's a smart guy, and uh, they'll clean that up, and we're working on cleaning it up. And uh, um, I think they've got a good plan for what they're what we what we need to do on third down and 11 plus. So um, I know that they're making some really good adjustments on the defensive side of the ball. So they're smart guys. They see the problem, and uh, we get that shored up you really feel better. You, you, you feel pretty good about how we're playing defensive football. So um, they're working on it, and they'll clean it up. They're great coaches. They'll teach it, and uh, we'll clean it up. Yeah, I thought uh, uh, we knew walking into the season that uh, – 
our running back crew really had to step up. And uh, um, after losing um, uh, Stewart and then uh, Jamal, you know, we were down to just a, you know, a limited amount of backs. And I thought they did great fighting through it. I thought uh, Jamal Johnson coming back really put a spark on our run game also. But I, I give my hat, my credit to Jason Patterson, to TK, to Payshon Wimberly. You know, all those guys are highly accountable guys and have really held us, uh, held everything together while we're trying to get healthy and get everyone back. I know Jakari made his first start in Mississippi State last year, but you saw him on the field for the first time this season. Kind of what did you see with him and just the line in general and their play? With him in here, in there, we're a different team. And um, from a leadership end, from a confidence end, um, we don't have to put Jalen in a position that he doesn't need to be in. And uh, I thought Cade, whenever he was in there, did a really good job. I, I really do. But uh, Jakari's just older. He's uh, played a heck of a lot more football than any of our offensive linemen. He's the leader. Um, he's strong as an ox. I mean, when he gets on someone, it's it's really hard for them to uh, to get off the block. So um, we're very, very happy that he's back. And we think our offensive line... Uh, just slowly but surely, week to week, improve. And we got a challenge this week. I think this defensive front is uh, outstanding. I think they've done a really good job uh, recruiting D linemen. They traditionally always have at Buffalo. And uh, they got some big, strong dudes up front, and uh, we're going to have to play our best. I know complimentary football gets thrown out a lot, but 17 points off turnover. Obviously, you guys needed every single one of those to, to win this game. How impressed were you with, with the offense picking up what the defense has been doing in terms of... Yeah, and, uh, you know, this week it's got to be all three phases clicking at once. Uh, at times our defense clicked, at times our offense clicked, at times our special teams clicked, at times our special teams didn't click, at times our offense didn't click, at times our defense didn't click, and uh, that's why that game came down to three points rather than plus 14. And... Uh, we got to learn from that, you know, going back to the question about details and everything matters. This is, this is one that, um, this thing will come down to two or three plays and you got to be on point. You never know when those two or three plays are going to occur. It could happen on the first play of the game. It could happen on, uh, the last series. You just never know when they're going to show up and you got to be locked in and be able to, uh, answer the bell whenever those two or three plays come along. What special challenges does Buffalo pose to you? They've talked about finding a way to win. They certainly did last week against Miami, and they put 151 against Houston. Yeah, they're good. Um, just like I said, uh, I think uh, they're similar to us in terms of they've improved immensely. I think we've improved immensely. And, uh, you know, I thought last year we were about the same. And uh, this is going to be a really good football game. I mean, it really is. Um, if we protect the ball and they protect the ball, this is going to be a, a fun one to watch for everyone, in, in my opinion. So, um, you know, we got to make sure that we go out, protect the football, and, uh, you know, find a way to get two or three more plays than they do because it's going to be one of those games, in my opinion. I think it's going to be a great football game. And uh, that's fun. This is what we wanted to eventually get to the point where we get to 
playing these type of games, which is kind of fun rather than, oh, my gosh, can we hang in there, you know? So, but Mac football is crazy. You never know. Uh, anything can happen. Look what happened with Northern or Northern and Ball State. You just never know. So uh, we got to worry about our mindset, our attitude, how we approach the game, our focus, our intensity, and then uh, let it rip and what happens, happens. And with you just heard Coach Luffler, with that all in mind, this is a big game. If you don't have tickets, go get tickets. This is a huge game. Noon kickoff. Afterwards, you can head over to the fam, uh, Slater Family Ice House to watch Bowling Green battle Michigan State for the home opener at hockey. I'm taking Bowling Green. I think they're ready <coughs> for this game. I think they have finally found the right combination. You win this game. You win this game. On Saturday against Buffalo, you're setting yourself up for a good run. A good run into the postseason. Now, the odds don't have us favored really well. Buffalo is a projected 65% Chance of winning to Bowling Green's 35%. You look at the paper. Schneider for Buffalo, 109 of 181 for 1,214 yards, 8 TDs, 3 interceptions. But Matt McDonald, 85 for 148 for 937 total yards, 13 TDs, 1 interception. The favorite is Buffalo by 1.5. The over-under is 54 and a half. But doing that. Bowling Green averages 29.4 points. Buffalo allows 31.4. Bowling, uh, Buffalo averages 28 points a game. Bowling Green averages 41.6 allowed. Buffalo has lost to Maryland. To Coastal Carolina. And they've won against Eastern and Miami of Ohio. Their two wins are MAC wins. They lost their their non most of their non conference. And Buffalo's schedule lost to Maryland, lost to Holy Cross, lost to Coastal. They'll play UMass after this week against Bowling Green. UMass isn't even in the Mid-American Conference. But I'm going to take Bowling Green to win this football game. I think they win, and they beat the cover. And I think I think it's going to be over the 54 points. So there's that. So, again, the top 25 games I have. I have Tennessee, Kansas, Mississippi State, Cincinnati, Georgia, UCLA, Ole Miss, Washington, Clemson. USC, Kentucky, Wake Forest, Notre Dame in the upset over BYU, Iowa State, Alabama, Florida State, Oregon, and Oklahoma State. In the Big Ten, Rutgers, Maryland, Northwestern, Illinois, Michigan, and Ohio State over Michigan State. And in the MAC, Eastern Michigan, Ohio, Ball State, Miami of Ohio, Toledo, and BGSU. Those are week six games, my predictions. 
as well as what's going to happen this past week, as well as top 25 action right here on All Andy Alford right here on the Anchor Network. As you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning into the podcast. And when we come back, we'll take a look at the NFL slate from week six, week four of the National Football League. And, oh, the LOL Lions are back, my friends. Stay tuned right here on All Andy Alford. Hi, folks. This is Andy Alford, the host of All Andy Alford. I want to talk to you tonight about my good friends down at the Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store. And it is time, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for their inventory blowout sale, which will start on Thursday, October 6th, and go till October 12th. Get all your deals as low as $0.10 cents and all the way up to $18.88. Visit my friends down at the Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store in the Warehouse District, 205 South Erie Street. They're open Monday through Friday, 9.30 in the morning until 5.30 in the evening. Saturday, they're open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. And Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store, setting your table right for more than 100 years. So yeah, go visit my friends down at the Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store. It is their inventory blowout sale. This is it, folks. This is the final sale of the year. This is the one right before the holidays. Get all your Christmas gifts started off this Wednesday from the 6th of October to the 12th of October. One full week, and then that's it. The sale ends. Get it. 205 South Erie Street. They're open Monday through Friday, 930 to 530. Saturday 8 to 5, and Sunday from 10 to 5. So you're listening to All ADL for tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's dive into the NFL. Well, if you didn't think last week was bad, This week was much worse. If you thought, like I thought, the Lions had an opportunity to win this football game. They are proving me wrong now more than ever that we're not going to be a postseason team. This game is a tale, this team is a tale of two teams. How good this offense is led by Jared Goff, Swift, St. Brown. And then you have the defense. I heard a stat today that the Lions are averaging about 35 and a half points a game. However, their defense is allowing 35.8 points per game. They've scored over 145 points, the most in of any NFC team. And they're 1-3. Why every... I get so invested in this team and how... You know, maybe the hard knocks would help this team out. How much this team would be benefiting of this program. 
It's not. I think it's becoming a cancer now. If I was the Lions and I had meetings today, I have a meeting for the offense, and we told the offense was clearly, clearly out of the building, and then bring the defense in. Because if they both both offense and defense came together, there'd be a fight in the locker room. Because this is embarrassing. And again, I, I bring it back to drafting. I bring it back to ownership. I bring it back to coaching. I bring it back to the accountability of the players. And I bring it an accountability to the head coach. This needs to change. This is embarrassing. For us to lose this game to Seattle at home, And to never have them to punt the football at all in this game says a lot. Jumping out to the early lead was Seattle, 7-0. Then Hawkinson from Goff, 7-6. They they missed the extra point. Geno Smith then runs it in. It's 14-6. Ebery gets the 49-yard kick, off, kick. It's good. Myers, a 56-yarder. It's 17-9. Then Flynn getting the pass from Geno. It's 24-9. And as time is fired, Jamal Williams runs it in. It's 24-15 at halftime. We never had a chance to win that football game. We never did. We were playing from behind the entire time. Woolen gets the interception from Goff, 31-15. The Jamal Williams, 51-yard 50 yard run. Goff ran it in for the two points, 31-23. I thought maybe we had an opportunity there. Maybe we were turning the page, but then Rashad Penny, 38-23. The Lions then get the football back, go down the field, score a quick touchdown. Josh Reynolds convert on the two-point conversion. It's 38-31, and now I'm saying, okay, we got something here. We're down seven, but then Myers kicks the field goal. It's 41-31. We're down two scores. Hawkinson gets the pass from Goff. It's 41-38. We're still cooking. I'm saying, oh, we're going to get this. But then the defense did not show up, did not get the key stop. And Rashad Penny ran it in for 41 yards. 48-38. Justin Jackson gets the two-yard pass from Goff. It's 48-30-45. They go for the onside, can't recover. Ball game. Detroit loses 48-45. Unbelievable. It's Geno Smith was 23 for 30 for 320 yards, two TDs, QBR rating on 91.3. Unbelievable. Petty, 17 carries, 151 yards, two TDs. Smith, 7 carries, 49 yards, one TD. DJ 
DJ Metcalf, seven catches, 149 yards. Disley, four catches, 39 yards, one TD. Flant, one catch, two yards, one TD. Lions in the game. Jared Goff, 26 for 39 for 378 yards, four TDs, one interception. QBR rating of 74.9, so 75. Williams, 19 carries, 101 yards, two TDs. Receiving core, TJ Hawkinson, eight catches, 179 yards, two TDs in the game. Reynolds, seven catches, 81 yards, one TD. Overall team stats. The Lions and the Seahawks, 27 first downs. On third down, the Lions, four for 10. Seahawks, nine for 12. The Lions were perfect on fourth down, three for three. The Lions have 520 total yards of offense, 375 through the air, 145 on the ground. The Seahawks, 555 total yards of offense, 320 through the air, 235 on the ground. Seven, 11 penalties, 76 yards for the Seahawks, 8 penalties, 59 yards for the Lions. Lions with a fumble and an interception. They had two turnovers in the game. The fumble for the Seahawks, one turnover. The possession arrow went to the Seahawks at 33 minutes and 6 seconds. The Lions, 26 minutes, 54 seconds. And a game that we needed to win to stop the bleeding. After the loss, the loss in Minnesota. It's not going to get easier now. It's not going to get easier now. We now go to New England. And then we go to Dallas. And then we host the Dolphins. Ah! Oh, and we then we slip Green Bay. Oh, brother. We're not going to win. We're, we're, we're going to get lucky to get one win out of that. One, possibly one win out of that. Unbelievable. Lions are 1-3. Seattle now 2-2. Two and two. And now let's talk about the other team. Let's talk about the Browns. Browns, no defense. Their, their, their defense was not nowhere to be found in this game. It was 10-0 Atlanta at the end of the first quarter. It's Koo with a 30-yard kick, and then Pedersen with a 13-yard run. It's 10-0. And then Jacoby Brissett then started the, the rally. Brissett with a 4-yard run. It's 10-7. And then Kane York with a field goal at the half. It was 10-10. In the third quarter, back and forth it went, but Kane York, 45-yard kick. It's 13-10. The fourth quarter starts... And Caleb Huntley with a five-yard run makes it 13 to 17 to 13. But Nick Chubb, a good outing, 28-yard run gets it in. The lot, the Browns are up 20 to 17. And then two field goals kill the Browns, and the Browns lose to Atlanta 23 to 20. Brissett was 21 for 35, no touchdowns, one interception. QBR rating of 53.9. What do you want me to do? I mean, this game was a terrible game. Probably one of the worst games I've seen in years. This game was a game that the Browns needed and they did not capitalize. They did not capitalize at all in any of their chances to get. We'll get to the stats here in a second. Percent, like I said... 
one interception, 53.9. Nick Chubb, 19 carries, 118 yards, one TD. Brissett ran it in for one time. He was 5 for 16. 5 carries for 16 yards. Njoku, 5 catches, 73 yards. Donovan People jones 5 catches, 71 yards. Bell, 2 catches, 35 yards. Kareem Hunt, 2 catches, 19 yards. Cooper, 1 catch, 9 yards. Chubb, 2 catches, 9 yards. For Atlanta, it was Mariota, 7 for 19 for 139 yards, 1 interception. His QBR was a 26.5. Algier, 10 carries for 84 yards. Patterson, 9 carries, 38 yards, 1 TD. Huntley, 10 carries, 56 yards, 1 TD. Receiving, Pitts, 1 catch, 25 yards. Hess, 1 catch, 22 yards. Sakuras, 2 catches, 55 yards. The team stats look like this. The Browns, 22 first downs to Atlanta's 19. On third down, the Browns were 5 for 14. Atlanta was 3 for 9. The Browns were 2 for 3 on fourth down. Atlanta did not convert an attempt on fourth down. 403 total yards of offense, 226 to the air, 177 on the ground for Atlanta, for the Browns. 333 total yards of offense for the Falcons. 131 to the air, 202 on the ground. Seven penalties, 51 yards for the Browns. One penalty, 15 yards for Atlanta. They were disciplined in this game. Very, very disciplined. Turnover battle went to the Browns. They had two turnovers, one fumble, one interception. The Falcons won fumble at one interception they lost the time of possession as the browns had 35 minutes and 44 seconds with the football atlanta 24 minutes and 16 seconds with the football and now the browns are two and two atlanta is now two and two so we'll see how that all shakes out as monday night football is getting ready to kick off here in just a few seconds i am taking in week four of that as it is San Francisco versus the Rams. I am taking the Rams to beat San Francisco tonight. And with that all set in mind, let's take a look at the rest of the games from this week four in the National Football League. It's time. It's time to break down week four's games in the National Football League right here on All Andy Alfred. Whoop! We begin with Thursday Night Football that took place in beautiful Cincinnati, Ohio, as it was, I'm Joe Burrow. Look at me. I'm the AFC champion quarterback. Taking on Tua Talavailoa and the Miami Dolphins. And Tua goes down with a terrifying injury in the game on Thursday Night Carted off the field. Terrible scene. But in the end, it was Joey B and the Bengals rallying and getting the huge win over the Miami Dolphins. 27-15. Whoop! We then head across the pond. Good day, old chap. It's time for Sunday morning football from Tantum Stadium in beautiful... United Kingdom, as it was the Saints licking their W's, taking on Kirk Cousins and the, Miami, and the Minnesota Vikings. And Minnesota getting a shellacking. Two doinks in the game. Giving Minnesota the win. 28-25 over New Orleans. Whoop! We then head down to Jerry World. Welcome to Jerry World. 
as it was Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys taking on Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders. And Washington was not commanding the field the entire game as it was the Cowboys led by Cooper Rush who was a solid, solid 15 for 27 for 223 total yards. He had two TDs in the game as Dallas, a big 25 to 10 win. And I will say it to my Cowboy fans. How about them Cowboys? Woo! Whoop. Of course, the Lions falling to the Seattle Seahawks. And Pete Carroll, 48 to 45. The Browns, browning it up. Losing by a field goal to Atlanta, 23 to 20. Now let's look at the rest of the slate. It was tighten up, baby. Derrick Henry. I'm Derrick Henry. Taking on Matty Ice and the Indianapolis Colts. And it was tightening it up, baby. It was a tight game all the way through. But Tennessee, in the end, find a way to get a big 24-17 win over the Indianapolis Colts. We head to the Meadowlands to see the German. Led by Saquon Bartley, take on Justin Golden Fields. And the Chicago Da Bears. And Da Bears fell apart in the sweater in the Meadowlands. 20 to 12 over the New York Football Giants. Whoop! We then head down to Fly Eagles Fly to Philadelphia as it was Jalen Hurts taking on I'm touchdown Jesus Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Jaguars battled and battled with the Eagles but in the end the Eagles a big 29-21 win over the Jaguars Woo! J-E-T-S sucks 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 the Jets headed into formerly Heinz Field to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Jets. A huge upset win. Beating Mike Tomlin. And question marks happening in Pittsburgh? You better believe it. As the Jets beat not just the Browns, but the Steelers. The Jets a winner 24-20. Woo! We go to the pick game of the day. As it was Josh Allen. And the Buffalo Bills. A fourth down stop helps the Bills. And a last second kick lifts the Bills past the Ravens 23-20 as Josh Allen. A solid game. 19 for 36. One TD. One interception for 213 yards for Lamar in the game. 20 for 29. 144 yards. One TD. Two interceptions. QBR rating of a 47.9. Buffalo, a winner, 23-20 over Baltimore. We then head to the 4 o'clock slate as it was the Justin Herbert. LA Chargers headed into Houston. Houston. The Texans. And it was all Chargers charging up the field with a big 34-24 win over the Houston Texans. We then head out to BBT place where Baker's making the turnovers. And the Carolina Panthers taking on I'm Tyler Murray, the child. Arizona Cardinals and the Cardinals putting a shellacking as Murray had two TD passes and one rushing touchdown. 
to propel his Cardinals to a 26-16 win over Baker Mayfield and the Carolina Panthers. As Baker was 22 for 36 for 197 yards, one TD, two interceptions in the game. Woohoo! We go to the pick game, the nationally televised game, as it was Bill Belichick and Mac Jones heading into Lambeau Field to take on Want some of this Hellenic stuff? Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. And the Green Bay Packers. And in overtime, terrible play calling by Bill Belichick hurts their chances. As Rodgers, led by Mason Crosby, drills the game-winning field goal as time expires in overtime. And Green Bay gets a big win, 27-24, giving the Patriots their third loss of the season. We then head into the final, one of the final games. As it was, I'm Russell Wilson, the Denver Broncos. Let's ride on, baby. Taking on, let it ride, baby. Just win. The Raiders. And the Raiders finally getting their first win of the season. As it was Derek Carr finishing the job. And the defense leading the job as Derek Carr was 21 for 34 for 188 yards. Russell Wilson, 17 for 25 for 237 yards, two TDs. And he led in the rushing, four carries, 29 yards, one TD. You figure Denver would win. No, nobody wins when you play Al Davis's Raiders. The Raiders, a 32-23 win over the Denver Broncos. Woo! We go to... Sunday night football on NBC, and it was Tampa time. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on, I'm Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to score some touchdowns. And he did score touchdowns as Mahomes threw for three touchdowns, including an alley-oop pass into the end zone. Mahomes, a solid effort, 23 for 37 for 249 yards. Three TDs, one interception as, is this the end for Tampa and Tampa Tom? As he was 39 for 52 for 385 yards, three TDs, but it was not enough as Tampa falls to Kansas City by a score of 41 to 31 on Sunday Night Football. Woo! And the Rams take on the 49ers tonight. Like I said, I have the Rams and the Rams just scored a field goal and they're up three to nothing. We now take a look at the slate for week five in the National Football League. Let's take a look at week five slate of games right here on All Andy Alford. And here are my predictions in the National Football League. We'll start with Thursday Night Football on October 6th. And it will be the Indianapolis Colts led by Matt Ryan heading into Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. 8-15 kickoff. On Prime Video, I am taking the Colts to beat the Denver Broncos. Denver a three-and-a-half point favorite in this game. We then head into Sunday afternoon slate and another morning game in London as it will be the G-Men, the New York football giants, taking on the Green Bay Packers. A great game. Both teams 3-1 and one overall. Green Bay an eight-point favorite in the game. 9.30 kick on the NFL Network. I am taking the Green Bay Packers which sets up the Sunday slate as it will be Pittsburgh traveling to Buffalo. 
Buffalo 3-1, Pittsburgh 1-3, Buffalo 14-point favorite in this game. I am taking the Bills in this game. Minnesota 3-1 overall takes on the Bears. 1 o'clock kick, Minnesota 7-point favorite in this game. I am taking Minnesota in this game. Seattle comes back to the East Coast. They'll take on the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans 1-3, Seattle 2-2. Two two. New Orleans a 5.5-point favorite in this game. I am going to take New Orleans in this game. A good game on Sunday as it is the Dolphins. 3-1 with no Tua Televailoa. He'll be out this week with the concussion protocol. He'll take on the Jets who's 2-2. Two two. Miami a 3-point favorite in the game. The upset special. I am taking the Jets to beat the Dolphins without Tua. I have a feeling the Dolphins are going to lose this game. I am taking the Jets. Atlanta will hope we on the road to Tampa. Tampa Bay an eight-point favorite. One o'clock kick. Both teams two and two trying to find the right way. I have Tampa beating Atlanta, getting back onto the winning page with their win on Sunday afternoon. Tennessee travels to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Commanders. One o'clock kick. Tennessee a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Chalk it up. I'm taking Tennessee to win this game. Houston. Travels to Jacksonville to battle the Jaguars. One o'clock kick on CBS. Jacksonville, a seven-point favorite in this game. I am taking Jacksonville in this game. The four o'clock slate looks like this. The 49ers travel to Carolina to battle the Panthers. I am taking San Francisco in this game. Dallas travels on America's Game of the Week to LA to battle the Rams. 425 kick on Fox. Dallas 3-1. The Rams going to be 3-1. I think this is a big game. I am taking the Rams to beat Dallas at SoFi. The Eagles travel across the country at 4-0 to take on the Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. 425 kick. Philadelphia 5-point favorite. I am taking Philly in that game, which sets up then the two local games. As at 1 o'clock, on CBS, it will be the 2-2 two two Los Angeles Chargers coming into First Energy Stadium in downtown Cleveland, Ohio to take on the Cleveland Browns. The Chargers, a three-point favorite in this game. And the Chargers will win this football game. I think they get the job done. They beat Cleveland, and Cleveland goes into the spin zone at 2-3, which then sets up my game, our game. As it is the Detroit Lions, who are 1-3 overall. They head up to Foxborough to take on Bill Belichick and the Mackless Jones New England Patriots. New England, a three-point favorite in this game. I'm taking New England in this game. Fortunately, I'm picking against the Lions in this game, unfortunately. Just to say the least. And then Sunday Night Football. We'll see the Bengals, 2-2 two and two overall, led by Joe Burrow taking on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, who are 2-2 two and two as well. Baltimore, a three-point favorite in this game. I am taking Cincinnati to beat Baltimore in that game. The Monday night game next week, it will be the Raiders of Vegas, 1-3 and three overall, taking on the Chiefs, led by Patty Mahomes. Kansas City, a seven-point favorite in this game. 
I am taking Kansas City. So to recap, the picks for you guys this upcoming Sunday for Week 5 of the National Football League. Indianapolis over Denver on Thursday. The Sunday morning game, Green Bay over the Giants. The Sunday slate, afternoon slate. Buffalo over Pittsburgh. Minnesota over Chicago. New Orleans over Seattle. Miami, uh, Miami to lose to the Jets in the upset special. Tampa over Atlanta. Tennessee over Washington. Jacksonville over Houston. And then the early, and then our games, of course, the Chargers to beat the Browns and New England to beat Detroit. The 4 o'clock slate, San Francisco will win over Carolina. The Rams over the Cowboys. Philadelphia over Arizona. Sunday night football sees Cincinnati over Baltimore. And Kansas City over the Raiders on Monday night. Those are the picks for this upcoming week in Week 5. International Football League. As you're listening to all of the offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the show tonight. And now, let's talk a little hockey. Yes, it's time for the Jackets Report. It's time to fire the cannon. And it's time to put on your jackets. It's time for the Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. So it's now time for the latest Jackets Report, right here on All Andy Alfred. And it's not going good tonight for the Jackets, as we are about the end of the second period right now. The Jackets are falling behind right now to the Carolina Hurricanes in this first in their preseason game, the second to last preseason. There's two preseason games left on their one of their final preseason games on the road against Metropolitan opponents as they're falling to the Carolina by the score of 6-1 to one right now in the game. But before we break down the scoring right now, as they're about a minute and 30 before they end the second period, the Jackets did make roster cuts today. They, sent, they cut 20 players from their roster today. They currently now have 37 players in camp, 22 forwards, 11 defensemen, and 4 goaltenders. They sent down Gavin Bayruder as well as Trey Fix Ransky to the Cleveland Monsters for their assignment. They also the club loaned the following players to Cleveland: forward Tyler Angle, Tim defenseman Tim Bernie, defenseman Marcus Bjork, defenseman Samuel Casclo, and defenseman Billy Sweezy. The club also announced the following players on AHL contract have been released from their tryout contracts and have returned to Cleveland: forward Roman Atkin. Uh, goaltender Pavel Kajin, defense Cole Jackson, forward Cole Fordstan, forward Brent Gillen, forward Jake Golden, defenseman Oliver LeBlanc, forward Robbie Payne, forward Justin Richards, and defenseman Dylan Simpson. Uh, goaltender o- Nolan Lalone has been returned back to Ontario into the OHL with the Erie Otters. And in addition, unfortunately, this is some bad news for. Some fans that they were hoping that he was going to make the camp, but he will not. It will be it will be goaltender Hayden Stewart and James Neal have been released from their tryout contract. So that ends James Neal's attempt to be a jacket. As it has just now ended the second period. The Jackets are down six to one after 40 minutes of play. 
so far tonight. Looking at the scoring for the Jackets, the Jackets, Igor Chinikov getting his fourth of the of the preseason from Danforth. It was one nothing at the 5:54 mark of the first period, and then it then turned towards towards Carolina as Kakaman getting his first from Burns and Salvas. Uh, Solson getting his second from Krejci. Derek Stefan getting his second from Sullivan and McLaren at the 1955 mark of the first period on a deflected shot, making it 3-1 after 20 minutes of play. Then Brett Burns, who's now with the Carolina Hurricanes, getting his third of the pl- of the preseason from Nikas and Gervalis, making it 4-1 Carolina. And then Nikas getting his second from Ryan Zingle, making it 5-1. And, right, and then uh, Solicek get uh, Sergej getting his first from Minkus and Kovalos on the wrist shot. It's 6-1 Carolina after 40 minutes of play in Raleigh, North Carolina tonight. But it is also a history marking tonight. Owen Sillinger, 25 years old, and Cole Sillinger will be making history tonight as they will be skating together for the Blue Jackets in Carolina. For the first time, Cole has... has Cole Sillinger has... We'll be playing with Owen together tonight for the first time. The two brothers who were six years apart will be on the same bench tonight in this game and will both have their name on the roster that will take on the Hurricanes tonight at PNC Building in Raleigh. So there's that for you guys. Uh, The Jackets, of course, other than the games from tonight, which is probably going to be all, it's all Carolina. The Jackets did win on Saturday over Washington, two to one. They lost the preseason game Thursday to St. Louis, four to two, and beat Buffalo, four to one, on Wednesday night last last week. They lost to Pittsburgh in the Sunday game and won the Sunday night game. Uh, they have two preseason games left. They will play this upcoming Thursday, seven o'clock puck drop against St. Louis, and then they will then go to Washington for the final preseason game on Saturday night, seven o'clock puck drop for that one. The dress rehearsal, I think will be Thursday. You'll see the full roster. I think Thursday and then sun. And then Saturday, you'll see the players that are going to be playing for basically a contract to get into the big club and get into the roster for Cleveland. This upcoming, this upcoming Saturday, I think in Washington, because we are now, Eight days away from the start of the regular season, the Jackets will open up in Carolina on the Wednesday, the 12th of October. 7 o'clock puck drop in Raleigh. They will then go to Nationwide. Friday night, they'll take on the Eastern Conference champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, in Game 1 at home, Game 2 of the regular season. So there is that for you. We'll look at all of the Blue Jackets' schedule on Thursday night's edition of the NHL Preview Edition right here on All Andy Alford. But some news and notes around the NHL for you to pass along to you guys today. Of course, the uh, the the uh, Global Series is going on right now as Nashville is in Switzerland, Burns, Switzerland, for their game. They play today, uh, SC Burns, in a game over in in um in in Switzerland and they won in a in in a in good fashion 4 to 3 uh today and it was Roman Yossi getting his uh 
return home. So that's good to see. Uh, big news, of course, for the Ottawa Senators and Cam Talbot will start miss the start of the season and will be out five to seven weeks with an upper body injury. That's not good to see for them. Uh, it will be the Sharks and it'll be the Sharks and the Predators in Switzerland for the Global Series game uh, as well. It looks like Taylor Hall will likely miss the start of the season with an upper body injury as well, too. Um, looking at some other news and notes as well. Uh, we'll see. They're gonna. This is this is for me the the big thing. Um, this season the NHL is launching a dynamic signage intimidate beginning this season. So a multi-year partnership with Sopor as digitally enhancing Dasher technology providing. So anyway, this is how it's going to this is how it's going to shake out. The National Hockey League today announces the debut of the Digital Enhanced Dashboards or DED, an advanced approach in dynamic dashboard advertising that will launch in the 2022-2023 season. The DED system allows the digital replacement of camera visible arena dashboards with local, national, and international NHL game broadcasts, ushering a new wave of innovation to create new opportunities for leagues, its club, and the media and corporate sponsors. So what that means is that, you know, on the traditional boards, you would see like the local product, like the Tim Hortons. You would see like local pro- locals, local stuff like 10TV and, and Value City and all like the major corporate sponsors that would be on the boards. Well, now... NHL games that are on ESPN, TNT, or on international broadcasts will not have those local things. They will put their own logos, which will be either Duncan, Enterprise, whatever those big sponsors are going to be, or NHL or NHL-based programming that's going to be on those dashboards. So they're going to cover up the Tim Hortons. They're going to cover up the Scots. They're going to cover up all the local products. That you know that you go and shop for because you know that those products represent the Blue Jackets because they sponsor the Blue Jackets and games. So that really, to me, really hurts the game. It really hurts the game in a, in a financial standpoint because you're going to lose advertisements on the boards, and you're losing revenue on that part. You're, and I know people are going to say, well, they're going to gain it because of the because this, this, and this. And I look at that and I say, fooey. Because not all teams are going to get a nationally televised game this year. Not all teams are going to get nationally televised games. So why are you going to now impose this on on the Bally's, on the Root Sports, on the AT&T Sports Nets? Why are you going to impose that? I think it's the most stupidest thing I've ever seen this league ever do. I didn't like it in three three ice, and I don't like it here. I really don't. And then the big one, too, is that the Kraken announced a new mascot. They unveiled the new mascot. His name is Bowie. B-U-O-Y. Bowie. He's a troll. He is going, he's the new mascot for the Seattle Kraken. I don't like it, but it is what it is. Games happening tonight as we speak. End of the second period. The Leafs are up 3-0 on Montreal. 19.36 to go in the game in New Jersey. The Devils are up 1-0 on the Bruins. 
Pittsburgh is up 2-0 on the Red Wings, 4.49 to go in the second period. End of the first period, nothing-nothing between the Stars and the Avalanche. Tonight, Seattle is in Calgary to battle the Flames. Vancouver is in Edmonton to battle the Oilers. And like I said, the Jackets are down 6-1 to the Carolina Hurricanes. Tomorrow's slate, it will be Arizona and Vegas. San Jose will take on Berlin. Estenburg, Berlin at 2 o'clock in an exhibition game. Carolina battles Buffalo. The the Islanders are in Philadelphia, the Battle of the Flyers. Ottawa's in Montreal. Minnesota's in St. Louis. And L.A. is in Anaheim to battle the Ducks. There's that for you guys. There'll be a TNT preseason game tomorrow on Wednesday. 7 o'clock puck drop is the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers. 9.30 will be Dallas and Colorado on TNT for preseason NHL slate. Like I mentioned before, the Red Wings and the Red Wings will play in Washington on Wednesday night. Jackets will have their final preseason home game on Thursday against St. Louis. Seven o'clock puck drop for that one at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard. And that is the NHL. That is the Jackets report. Of course, like I mentioned before, Thursday night we'll have a special edition of All Andy Alfred. It'll be the 2022-2023 NHL Preview Edition. Right here on the Anchor Network, we will take a look at all the teams, take a look at their stats, looking at their rosters, and see how how this season's going to break down for the NHL. So stay tuned to that. As you can follow our show on Twitter, it is at allandyalford, as well as facebook.com slash allandyalford. As you're listening to the program tonight on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, Thank you, to, thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk some baseball and talk some golf as we're heading to the end of our program this evening. Now let's talk a little baseball, of course, and we've come to the getting closer and closer to the end of the program tonight. The uh, start off first and foremost with the Tigers. The Tigers go, taking taking two or three from the Minnesota Twins this past weekend, which is very very shocking by yours truly. They won on they lost on Friday night. 7 to nothing to the Twins. They win on Saturday 3 to 2 and win 5 2 on Sunday. So they will play four games in 3 days starting tonight 9:40 first pitch in Seattle the Battle of the Mariners. It will be Kirby on the hill for Seattle who is in the postseason. They clinched a playoff spot for the first time in over a decade basically. They're 8 and f- Kirby 8 and 4 with a 3.21 ERA. He'll take on Garcia who's 1 and 0 with a 3.29 ERA 9:40 first pitch. For that one, the doubleheader tomorrow, first pitch will be 6-10 tomorrow afternoon. It'll be Edwin Rodriguez, who's 5-5 with a 4.02 ERA. Gonzalez for the Mariners, who's 10-15 with a 4.14 ERA. The second game of the double dip will see Flexton for Seattle, who's 8-9 with a 3.64 ERA. Uh, A.J. Hinch has not yet named the starter for Game 2. And then in the final game, it'll be Tyler Alexander for the Tigers on on Wednesday, 4-10 first pitch. He's 4-11 with a 4.72 ERA. Seattle has not yet named the starter for them on Wednesday. So with the Tigers ending their season, the Guardians will continue their season. They are continuing their play right now as they're on the, they're playing this afternoon, this evening, and they're actually into extra innings right now. They're playing at playing five straight games against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, 
They won game one on Saturday, lost game one on Saturday, seven to one, won yesterday, uh, won yesterday, seven to five. They're playing as we speak. They're in the top of the 10th inning right now, tied at two game, two, two, the Guardians, two runs on eight hits, one error, Kansas City, two runs on five hits, two errors for them. Uh, tomorrow it will be Lynch on the hill for Kansas City, who's four and 12 with a 4.96 ERA. Quintel will start. He's 14 and five with a 3.42 ERA. 6-10 start time, and then the concluding game on Wednesday, a 4-10 first pitch will be Hensley, who's 4-9 with a 5 ERA. He'll take on Plesek, who's 3-12 with a 4.34 ERA. 4-10 start time for that one, and then there will be a day off, and then the Guardians will begin their quest to lift the Commissioner's Trophy, and they will be playing in a wild card game. They'll be hosting the wild card games in a three-game series. Starting on the 7th of October, they'll play the 7th, 8th, and the 9th of October. So that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday before they get into the division series. And right now, they they will get the third wildcard team right now, which sets up to be Tampa Bay. So it will be Tampa versus Cleveland in the first round, in the wildcard round. And it will be Toronto versus, Toronto versus Seattle. In the second wild card game, so keep that in mind for you guys there. So, and tickets are available for the postseason games in Cleveland, which will start on Wednesday. Uh, for the Reds, the Reds finishing out their season strong. They're playing the Cubs, and they're up three nothing right now. Bottom of the eighth, end of the eighth inning right now. The Cubs are up. Cubs are down to the Reds three nothing. They'll play the Cubs tomorrow. And they played the Cubs in Wrigley, and they got swept in Wrigley. So they lost Friday six to one. They lost on Saturday two to one, and lost yesterday eight to one to the Cubs. They're winning right now three to nothing. Tomorrow's pitcher it will be Cease uh, Sessa, who's four and four with a four point seven six ERA. Assad will start for the Cubs. He's two and two with a three point six two ERA. Six forty first pitch for that one. The concluding game of the season for the Reds four ten first pitch. It'll be Ashcraft, uh, uh, excuse me, Ashcraft, five and five with a four point five two ERA for the Reds. It'll be Samson for the Cubs. He's four and five with a three point one zero ERA. Four ten first pitch for that one, and then the Reds are officially done for the twenty twenty two season. Uh, looking at the standings, and this is a big one. Uh, the Central goes to the, the Guardians. The East goes to the Yankees. And the West goes to the Astros. And just now coming across my ticker, Drew Walters has hit a three-run bomb for the Royals. The Royals are now up 5-2 to two on the Guardians. That's a big home run right there for Kansas City. Huge home run. But now it is interesting. The race to watch now. The final three games it, between Atlanta and the Mets right now in the East in the National League. Atlanta just swept the Mets. The Mets had a 10-game lead in the division and lost it. Atlanta now leads the division at 100 wins and 59 losses. The Mets are 98-61, and 61, two games out of the division. There's that for you right there. St. Louis has won the Central. And the Dodgers have won the West. Padres have a wild card spot. The Mets have a wild card spot. And so the the National League looks like this. 
The Phillies hold the second wild card spot right as of right now. Milwaukee's two games out with two to play. They lose one game, Philadelphia's in. And Philly Philly wins, they're in. Philadelphia tonight is playing looking at right now. Philadelphia is Oh, the Nationals and the Mets got postponed. That's a big that's big. Not playing. That's big. I'm not playing. Trying to find the Phillies here for you guys here. Just a quick second here. Phillies are in Houston. They're up one nothing. Mets and Nationals were postponed tonight. They'll play a doubleheader. I think they're playing the doubleheader tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right? They're gonna play a double dip tomorrow. Yep, they're gonna play the double dip tomorrow. So that's good. That's huge. That's absolutely huge. And now with, I mean, we're three days left of the season. The race between the the race in the East is what we're watching for in the National League. But in the American League, all we're watching for is Judge. That's all we're watching for is Judge. Can he hit number 62? Can he hit it? That's the big question. Can he hit it? We know he's going to win the Triple Crown. That's plain and simple. It's Derek Stefan just scored for Carolina. It's getting worse in Carol for the Jackets tonight. And I'm not going to complain about this roster that they've set out today. It's 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 preseason. I know it's Carolina. I know. But, you know, 7-1, this is embarrassing. Watching this game as a, as I'm doing this. But, yeah, Judge is waiting on 62. We're all waiting for 62. That's what we're waiting on. So, we'll see how that's going to shake out. Baseball playoffs start on Friday. It'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. As you're listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Of course, the LPGA continuing their play, the Volunteers of America Classic, and Charlie Hall wins the uh, the Volunteers of America Classic at the col- at the colony in Texas at the old American golf course. She wins $255,000, shooting an 18 under par. Alex Lynn finishing in second at 17 under par. Lydia Ko finishing in third at 16 under par. It was Tanikin getting finishing in fourth at 12 under par. Cheyenne Knight finishing tied for fifth with Jig Jundin at 11 under par. Salas finishes tied for seventh at 10 under par with Se Young Rayu. Celine Botier finishes in ninth at nine under par. Lexi Thompson finishes 10th at 8 under par. Uh, Nasa Hadakoro finishes 7 under par. Tied with 11th with Venezuela. Alin Kim as well as Michan. Tied for 16th was Yin, Sandstrom, Palum, and Duncan. All 6 under par finishing tied for 16th. Tied for 20th was Firu, Ewing, Yo, and Penderson. Tied for 24th was Jennifer Cupcho, Jessica Corda. Uh, Allison Emery, uh, Susek, as well as Kinhut, 
at four under par. At three under par, it was uh, Joey Edwards' standoff, and Brooke Henderson finishes tied for 29th with Gabby Lopez and Hong as well. So there is that. Emma Talley finishes tied for 39th at one under par. Yuka Sasso finishes even under even par. Brittany Anemeyer, one over par, tied for 44th. Jin Lee, five, one over par, two. Brittany Lang, tied for 49th at two over par. Uh, Sarah Swartzel, two over par, tied for 49th as well. Um, Stacey Lewis, tied for 59th at four over par. Jasmine Suwanapora, four over par as well, two. Uh, Brittany Shoemaker, five over par, tied for 65th. Um, trying to find here. Uh, Rhino O'Toole, 77th. Uh, Players that missed the cut, Nelly Corda missed the cut on this one, which is very, very, very shocking as well. So the Volunteers of America tournament ends. They will now head to the next tournament, which is in the Sacroy Club in Solis, California. Uh, uh, Matilda Castron is the defending champion. And the tournament will happen this upcoming weekend, the 6th through the 9th in California right there. Uh Got to make mention of this as well, too, in the golf spectrum. Uh, uh, let's see here. I forget. I forget off the top of my head. Um, no, it must not must not have been the really really that important. I, my apologies on that part. Uh, oh, here we go. Uh, Congratulations are to Chase Elliott for winning in Talladega this past weekend. Got to make mention of that really quickly to all my NASCAR fans that love watching NASCAR. Formula One racing, of course, it was that took place over the weekend. It was in Singapore as Perez wins the race. Uh, Larry Cherick getting second. Santos finishing, se uh, finishing second. Norris in fourth. And Ricciquito finishing in fifth uh the next race for formula one will be in the japanese grand prix which will be this upcoming weekend and then october 21st to the 23rd it'll be the arco u.s grand prix that's taking place in austin texas like i said uh chase elliott winning ryan blaney in second michael mcdowd in third ross chastain in fourth denny hamlin in fifth elliott moves on to the next round of the playoffs for NASCAR. Also, got to make mention of this as well, too. College hockey. Like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, we will be in Bowling Green on Saturday night. Bowling Green will ho Bowling Green went to Northern Michigan this past weekend, split the double bill against the Northern Michigan Wildcats. Going one and one, they now take on Michigan State Friday night at Mud Ice Mud Ice Arena, the remodeled Mud Ice Arena. They'll take on Michigan State tomorrow on Friday night. Saturday night, they are at the Slater Family Ice Arena for opening night for the Bowling Green State University hockey team. They'll take on Michigan State. They've got a beautiful slate of games at home. They play Western Michigan at home. They play. Ohio State at home. They played the defending champions in Minnesota Duluth at home. If you have an opportunity, go down to the Slater Family Ice Arena. Watch this. Watch this team. Watch this team. I'm trying to get uh, uh, Kevin Peel to join our program. Uh, Kevin Peel is the sideline reporter as well as the 
broadcaster for CCHA TV for the Bowling Green hockey team, as well as a sideline reporter for Bowling Green football on the Learfield Radio Network with Todd Walker. And he's also a good friend of mine from Bowling Green Radio Sports Organization. So I, I want to try to get a get a chance to get a hold of him. So uh, we're, we're in, trying to get in contact to get a hold of him so we can have him on the program so we can talk BG athletics as well as talk about some of the heydays of the BGRSO with us. So uh, uh, stick with us on that as you're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now it's time to hit the end of the program. And let me give you what happened to me this past weekend on Andy Rance. So it's now time for Andy Rance, and I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, then what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts each week right here on the Anchor Network. And like I mentioned before, we will not have a Falcon Friday this upcoming Friday as we will be doing our special NHL preview edition on Thursday evening. Yours truly giving you his thoughts and his opinions on the upcoming 2022-2023 NHL season. Whether it be about the Jackets, about the Red Wings, the Penguins, the Avalanche, you'll hear my thoughts and opinions on this upcoming season. Who will lift Lord Stanley come this July in the NHL? So it's now time for Andy Rance tonight. And i got to take a drink of water really quickly to get ready for this. Uh, this past weekend made the trip with my wife. It was a fantastic trip. We... Uh, Went and see her friend, her uh, not her friend, but her her sister Jessica, get married in the beautiful city of Greencastle, Pennsylvania. Now, if you've never been to Greencastle, it's about five minutes away from the Maryland border in Pennsylvania. It's probably, like I said, the one of the longest car rides I've ever had. It was five hours and change to to Pen- to Greencastle. And you go through the Ohio Turnpike, and you go through the Pennsylvania Turnpike as well. Um, it was some white-knuckle driving for yours truly through the mountains of the Appalachian Mountains. Um, I like the fact that you know I, had, I bought an easy pass from the state of Ohio. However, I did not like the fact that I had to wait 48 hours for the Pennsylvania stuff to kick in. So I'm probably going to get billed for that. Um, but I did not, what I did not like of this trip was the, was the travel from, from Toledo to Greencastle through the Appalachian Mountains. In Pennsylvania, they were doing a lot of road work and a lot of construction work, and it was going downhill. And some of the aspects of this ride, they had speed cameras. So you're trying to maintain the speed of 55 to 60 miles per hour going downhill and you have a car with a camera on it clocking speeds and taking pictures. I was I clocked myself at about 61 miles per hour in a 55 mile per hour zone. I know I was about six over, but I, I there's a bit of me that's thinking I'm probably going to get a ticket out of it. And I, I, I hate to see that. I really, really do. And I, I don't like the fact that this this whole, you take a picture of the license plate and you send it. I think when you get your license, if you're either in Pennsylvania or Ohio, get get the easy pass. It it makes a it makes a great difference. Makes a great difference in what you know what you can do. 
to to save yourself some money with regarding of it. It really does. And for me, I, I will always use my easy pass from now on. Now, Saturday, the wedding was fantastic. I got to congratulate Jess and Zach on a beautiful wedding that you guys you guys put on. The food was good. Uh, the they had Maryland fried chicken, mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, mixed vegetables, salad, and and they had you know a, a, a limited selection of uh, alcoholic beverages. They had tea, water, and sparkling lemonade. It was good. It was all good. Uh, the I met his. Uh, his uh, friend Stone. They were we all hung out at at the uh, hotel, hotel room, our hotel room. Me, and my wife's Amanda's hotel room. They got dressed, and we were watching football. And we enjoyed what company we were talking sports, and we were talking about life and everything like that. And Zach was asking me some marriage advice and stuff like that. And I was nervous when I got married, and I wasn't really that nervous when I got married to my wife. I just felt like it was. Not just a normal day, but a day that I was getting to hang out with my best friend for the rest of my life in front of the people and people that I love and care about. So I was very, very, very blessed to have have that opportunity. And I was with my mother-in-law, father-in-law, and my brother-in-law and his nephew and her nephew all there. Uh, Sunday, it was... We took the drive back and we went through the Cumberland Trails. We went through Maryland, went into West Virginia, back into Pennsylvania, and then through Wheeling, West Virginia, and then into Ohio to Columbus. And we were running the whole weekend. The Friday was calm. Well, it was nice and calm. Saturday and Sunday was rainy. We got the remnants of Hurricane Ian on Sunday. It reared its really head on Sunday. And... It was rainy and cold. I looked at the temperature gauge at one time when we were in the mountains, and it was like 44 degrees. I was hoping that I wasn't seeing any snow or anything up like that. But uh, the the drive through Maryland and through West Virginia was was very very interesting. Uh, elevation points. We were at at one point over at 3,000 feet above the uh, above sea level, and you could hear feel our. I could feel my ears popping. One point, I wasn't even using the gas. Nine times out of ten, I wasn't really using the, much of the gas. And my speed, I was clocking in. Luckily, like in Maryland and West Virginia, the speed limits were 70. Not that much uh, construction happening in those areas. And, you know, at one point, I was looking at my speedometer, and I was reading at about 86 miles per hour at one point. Luckily, there was no cops around or anything like that, but uh, it was very, very fast. And... I didn't know that my, my car had the capability of doing that. So, yeah, uh, I'm very proud of how my Equinox turned out. I'm very proud of how my wife and I did on our trip. Uh, we got into Columbus on Sunday afternoon. We were trying to stop at Nationwide Arena, stop at the Blue Line Shop. But the Blue Line Shop closed at 3 o'clock on Sunday. So we did not get an opportunity to buy our, our scheduled shirts. So I'm probably going to do that and order it online to have it shipped to the, shipped to the house so that's planned uh but we did stop at schmidt's for for a nice late lunch early dinner and they were very very committed nice and uh com, uh very very 
very, very well staffed. Uh, the, my one flaw on the whole trip and in Columbus is that we were at Schmidt's. We ordered a basket of pretzel nuggets, and one of the pretzel nuggets had mold on it, which made us question the whole pretzel itself and what we just ate. They, they comped it, don't get me wrong, they comped it and gave us a fresh ba ba uh, basket of pretzel nuggets that we could take home with us. But the meal itself was really delicious. Um, we got back in the car, drove up, and drove back to Toledo. We got we were on the road on Sunday morning at around, I would say about 10 o'clock, and we finally got to Toledo about 8 o'clock. So we were on the road for about 10 hours. And um, got a chance to celebrate uh, my mom's birthday. I want to wish my mom a very happy birthday. I love you. Happy birthday, Mom. Happy birthday, Debbie. Um, got a chance to celebrate with some cake and ice cream. And then we just relaxed when we got home on Sunday. I'm, I'm still feeling a little bit of the, uh, the car lag for being in the car. But, you know, it was, it was good to finally get those states underneath our lap underneath that so yeah uh, I'm very very happy of how this trip went um, went to a pizza place that is made by Barstool uh, Brothers Pizza if you were ever in Greencastle please stop by and see that place they probably have the best cheese pizza I've ever had uh, and they have like a brick oven or a gas brick oven and that pizza crust was so crunchy it was delicious so highly recommended, highly recommended. Got a chance to enjoy sheets for the first time. Uh, I see the big thrill in it, but I, I really don't see the big thrill of it, too, at the same time. Um, yeah, and the, the hotel was very, very accommodating. I like the Comfort Inn in Greencastle. It's now turning into a Holiday Inn Express. They were remodeling. Uh, the breakfast was good on Saturday morning. We didn't have it at Sunday, Sunday morning because we were on the road. Um, I'll just say this. I don't like to follow, I don't like to lead when it comes to places I don't know. I'll just leave it at that. So, yeah, it was a, it was a fun trip and, uh, hopefully I don't have to go back to Greencastle ever again for anything too serious, uh, because I will, uh, I will always fly. I'll fly to Baltimore if I have to and then take a rental car. That was very, very stressful. Very, very stressful. But yeah, there's that. Um, looking forward to having the NHL preview show for you guys this upcoming Thursday. Uh, remember to follow the show on our Twitter account, which is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. So that's going to wrap it up for AllAndyAlfred tonight right here on the Anchor Network. I hope you enjoyed the podcast tonight. Uh, remember, no show uh, Falcon Friday show on Friday. We will have the NHL preview show for you guys on Thursday night. So until then, this is Andy Alford saying, I'm pulling for you. We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go Jackets! Even though they are losing 7-1 to tonight to the Carolina Hurricanes. Go Walleye. Go Falcons. Beat State and beat Buffalo. Go Ohio State. Come on, Lions. Get going. Come on, Browns. And hit them straight because we want more birdies 
and less bogeys. Because victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great week, everybody. I'll talk to you on Thursday for our special NHL preview edition right here on the Anchor Network. I love you, babe. Talk to you then. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You've been listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you again for tuning into the show tonight. You can be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford, as well as Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. The podcast is performed each week right here on the Anchor Network. The Colorado Avalanche lifts the Stanley Cup and beats the Tampa Bay Lightning. Shakeups happen across the land. The dust has settled. Preseason is over. It's time to see who will be chasing Lord Stanley this season. As this is the 2022-2023 edition, the NHL Preview Edition, on the Anchor Network. Join yours truly, all Andy Alfred, as we preview the 2022-2023 season in the National Hockey League. We'll look at all the teams, break down the schedules, look at the rosters, and see who will lift Lord Stanley's Cup this summer. And now, here's the host of the podcast tonight. The jacket lover. The lover of all things hockey. Andy Alfred. <laughs>